Welcome to the Armchair Critics Podcast, where the underqualified experts who discuss all things sport, work and life, with little to no background or supporting evidence. This week, we are sponsored by RH Cricket. Stop it! The, the home of bats, pads, gloves and big dick hitting six players. Harry Lucas. Oh, I was going to say, I use RH and I do not hit big sixes. <laughs> what about big dick? <laughs> I only disagreed with one of those two statements, Sean. Alright, we need to get Anika on for a satellite <laughs> interview. <laughs> Uh, you mean the wife? Dude, speaking of, Mr. Married Man. Yeah, that's it. Do you uh, feel different? I feel a little bit heavier, dragging the ball and chain around with me all day, but otherwise, not much the same, mate. Mate, I went to two weddings in the last week. Yours yours is my first wedding as an adult, and uh, <laughs> driving back from the Sunshine Coast, got handed a very long run sheet of a stitch-up. <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone about it? Yeah, so... Uh, for anyone that knows Sean, you would know. I don't know whether he likes it, but he's quite good at speaking in front of audiences. And uh, I figured that you know there'd be probably be no one better to uh, to MC my wedding back at the reception. Um, and I figured that there's no way that he could t- say no to me if I asked him at eleven o'clock the day of. What time is your wedding? <laughs> the reception started at what three thirty or four or something. Yeah, but the wedding started at two. Oh, the wedding started at two. <laughs> I, for a bit of more context, I played golf. And, yeah, and Sean was <laughs> driving, and I fucking knew it. So I messaged him at quarter past eleven, knowing that he would not read this message until he got to the wedding at ten to two. So I was on the beach. Sean rocked up. Someone goes, looking forward to emceeing later. And Sean's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I played golf with my brother and my old man up at Twin Waters near Noosa on the sunny coast. Get in the car at, what, 11-ish? And then just don't look at my phone because there's too many cameras between here and the sunny coast. Oh, there's a thousand. And I was like, nah, I'll just chuck on some uh, Harry Styles and get in the car and get on with it. I'll rock up home, running late, screaming at Ryan to hurry up because as everyone knows, he's always late. And to be honest, he was ready, but he's just slowly gets to the car. Rock up to the wedding and Andy, Jack's dad, goes, mate, have you got your message? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Andy? Yeah, so then dad assumed that I hadn't sent you the message yet. I was like, no, no, I wrote out the list for him. Yeah, did you send it to him? Yeah, at 11, quarter past 11 today. The only, I would have done it anyway, but my only issue was I had never been to a wedding. Yeah, so it was also my first wedding as an adult. And I assume it's probably not, probably wasn't uncommon for a lot of the people around our age. Um, for it to be our first wedding, but I think we gave it a pretty red hot crack, if you ask me. I think we, um, yeah, we, we gave it a good crack. We had uh, 50, uh, we started the night with 50 odd bottles of wine, two and a half kegs, and probably 15 slabs of pre mix. Mm, some of them are here still. And there's about 10 cans left at our place, I reckon. And there was half a keg, maybe. There's no wine left. Yeah, we um we nicked a lot of the cans for the afters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I seen there were a few mid strength Jim Beams in the Why fridge. Why did you get mid strength? No, we got gifted them. There oh. was um hey. from hey. Splendor. Um, uh, of course, Annika people, worked. Yeah, Annika worked there, and the people running it um, are family friends of hers, and they gave us all this booze. They must have given us close to 10 slabs worth of beer of, um, of spirits ridiculous there's so good midi rum midi bourbon yeah um, there was about a Strong case of seltzers a case of cider a case of UDLs um, there's like probably nearly two slabs of soft drink like that was, was great there's like a few hundred bucks worth of stuff which was very very nice of them but no we had we had a great um, everyone I hope everyone had a great day and evening and then uh, yeah thoroughly enjoyed the trip down to Tassie for the week after it was fucking sick yeah Tassie, I've never been. Yeah, I had never been either. What inspired it? Uh, trying to stay I, domestic? Nah, I wanted to go. 
I, I wanted to go to Tassie. I thought it just looked like a pretty nice place. Ball and, as, the, as the pants were the relationship. Yeah, and just a bit more my speed, I reckon. Like, everything just happens a little bit slower down there. It's a little bit more of a country town kind of feel. Mm. It's really weird. They have a, um, a height restriction on their buildings. Shut up. So, the, the tallest building in Hobart is 73 metres. I actually kind of like that. So, and it's, that's uh, 73 metres. People are like, yeah, that's a long way. No, 17 right. floors. Yeah. So we went, it's the revolving restaurant down at Sandy Bay and the revolving restaurant is on the 17th floor and we went there for dinner and it is the highest building. Did you go oyster shucking? No. Are you still scared of oysters? I'm not scared of oysters. Bullshit. I just don't eat them. So, but I tried, I tried lobster for the first time. Bussin'. It was unbelievable. The tail, And I'm yeah. now, I'm now, no, it was, <laughs> so it, it, we ate at this revolving restaurant where half the stuff on the menu, you didn't know what it was. So... As part of the three-course meal, there were three entrees I could pick from. One of the options was vegetarian, which I was like, oh, well, nah. One of the options was quail. Mm, no. I thought, I've never had... tried quail. Nah, it's no good. But I thought, you know what? There was a, a lobster dish, mm. but it was lobster souffle. Yum. I did. Ha- I had to Google what a souffle was. I'm rock hard right now. <laughs> yeah. And it was unbelievably good. It was so yum. And you could taste the lobster pieces in it. And like the Tasmania is famous for rock lobster down there. So good. So fresh. So all the food. That was the best part of the trip. We ate so <laughs> much good food, eh? Oh my God. We just picked out all the nicest places to eat and we fucking ate at all of them. To be fair, I can't picture you two doing much else. Nah. So we did a bit of driving. With all a bit the disrespect of intended. Bit of touring around the countryside and stuff. And we did a tour on the Thursday. One tour. But what? Wine tours? No, we uh, went to a winery and did a wine tasting and cheese platter and stuff. But um, no, we did like a tour. They took us up Mount Wellington, out to Richmond, to the wildlife sanctuary and stuff like that. Got to see uh, Tassie devils and quolls, which are extinct here on the mainland, but uh, endangered. Niche. Very endangered back in Tassie. Um, so that was cool. Um, they did some good... Bonnerong Wildlife Sanctuary, if anyone's ever in the area. Um, they're a little bit like Corumban, but on a much smaller scale and all of the animals that they have there are rescues. Nice. So all of them have got like a little story. Like these Tassie devils were found as joeys in the pouch of their mother who'd been, who was roadkill basically. And they yeah, rescued right. them, took them in and now they're like fully grown and The Tassie devils it. have that horrendous disease going on at the moment. Yeah. So they've sort of got that semi under control touch wood, but yeah, it wiped out 85% of the Tassie devil population. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and this little echidna who'd been attacked by a dog managed to get away, but lost his back right leg. So he's got three legs. And anyone who's seen an echidna, they're kind of fat and chunky at the back. <laughs> so every time he walks, because he's got no back right foot, the back right half of him just flops on the ground every time he walks. So he's like oh, waddling. That's a chafe. Yeah. Oh mate, the gravel race should be unbelievable. But no, it was a sick trip. So, um, but that's enough about me. I don't really want to talk about me anymore. Fair um, enough. It's probably the most you've ever spoken about yourself, to be honest. Probably. Massively uncomfortable. I'm going to need to take my jumper off. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> um, might jump straight into the cricket. So, from uh, as of yesterday, Australia wrapped up the one-day series against New Zealand, 3-0. Did you see that coming? Yes. Same here. Because right, there's New no Zealand, way they were copping a loss to Zimbabwe n- and then losing to New Zealand as well. New Zealand haven't won a one-day game in Australia for 13 years. What? 2009 was the last time they beat Australia in Australia in a one-dayer. That's a humping if I've ever seen it. Yeah, so, um, and really, they were mentally shot already by the time this game even started after their performance in game two, where Australia were eight for 100 
ended up making 190 and then bowled New Zealand out for 70 something. It was the second largest win ever by a team who made less than 200. Mm. So it was an absolute paddling. Adam Zampa, very, very good in game two. Um, he's, his record does not reflect how good he is. Yeah, he gets picked or picked apart a fair bit. Yeah, and you know he's not always been the biggest wicket taker for Australia, so he kind of just gets milked. His economy rates are right, but you know you'll see him have games where he, you know two for sixty or you know one for like, forty five. I feel like Zamps is just an eight out of ten every game, every day, except for that one fiver. Where that's and he's 10. and he's he's been so good. He's like the barometer for how Australia are going, I reckon. So, um, but uh, Steve Smith scored a hundred in the second in the third game. Dude, that's six. Was, the, hit on, that no was the only top order bat to get runs in the second game. So he got man of the match and man of the series. Uh, well deserved because on a, a pitch that clearly wasn't that easy to bat on. What about Ken Green? Yeah, isn't he a throbber? Yeah, didn't play game two. Probably hurt him. Mm. I think if he performed half well in game two, and then also plays game three, he probably gets it. Yep. Um, but on Cam Green, I reckon he's only playing at the moment because Mitch Marsh is injured. And then when Mitch Marsh got injured, it's kind of given him half a sniff. Do you think if everyone is fully fit, does Cam Green fit in your one day 11? Yeah, and I'm going to hurt your brain. Okay. I I agree. I think he absolutely should be in our best eleven, and I think there is only one player that should miss out, and he didn't play game three. Go on, uh, Stoinis. Yep, that's the easy. He's the, he's the odd man out now. Nah, I got a fix for you. Now Finchie's gone. Stoinis can open. You see him do it in the big bash, and I don't reckon he's that far off from doing it for Australia. He's a slow starter anyway. Yeah, I don't hate that actually. I've not, I've not thought about that. Don't, don't ever bowl him. Bring Marsh back in the Stoinis' spot, or or Green. Pick one of the others, or you can just do both. No, well, I think there's room potentially for both of them. I don't know if Green is perfect at like seven, eight, and first change. Yeah, Sean Abbott as first change bowlers. Oh, how good was Sean Abbott in the last two games? Throbber. Holy! And an excellent Parramatta fan. And he's an absolute weapon in the field. Yeah. So Tkachi took last night to get Phillips out. Yep. So he's a ripper. Absolute athlete in the field. His bowling has come leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. I don't know what the fuck happened, but he's just flipped a switch and turned into an it's absolute like when he, machine. When he first came onto the scene, he was all like all that. Sorry, I just got a weird message. <laughs> he was killer. And then he had that lull period after the whole Phil Hughes thing. Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. And then... Last but, couple of years, yeah, it, it's just switched back on, and mate, he is absolutely killing it at the minute. And like the last couple of big bashes, he's been good, but it's the shield stuff and the one day stuff that he's been killing it at the moment as well. And his so batting's come along, he, so much yeah. Too. So he oh, he's genuinely pushing. He's in Australia's top twenty in all three formats, I reckon. Yeah, I'd even go as far as top sixteen. I he's I, overtaken that spot Nisa had. Potentially. Yeah, they're pretty similar players, to be fair. Yeah, so I'd not thought of that yet. Anyway, obviously uh, referencing Aaron Finch, who announced his retirement, has finished up playing one day international cricket. Uh, good on him. Uh, he's had a uh, absolute stellar career, really. Uh, and reasons he buys sucks for him. Yes, it does. It is. It sucks that so many people are going to remember him for the wrong reasons, and. 
people like people are so quick to forget. Like that 2015 World Cup, killer. Where that was only really his third year in international cricket. People feel like he'd been established for ages. No, like that was him establishing himself. He made like 130 in the opening game of that tournament against England, who and that pretty much ended England's chances. They didn't even progress into the final, into the quarterfinals. So, like, and that England were a good side in one day cricket. It's not like they sucked and came from nowhere to win in 2019. They're a team on the rise already. Yeah, that was the start of their revolution. Yeah. So, you know, that's, he had a very, very good tournament. He then took over the captaincy. He captained for more than a third of his one-day internationals, had a win percentage of better than 50% in one-day internationals for his captaincy stint. Right, that. A very, very good. And glowing reports from anyone who's played under him, saying that he's just an, like the ultimate team man. You know, never really cared about how he was going as long as the team were doing well. And he punched darts, the mad dog. Yeah, so just, I don't know. He just he seemed like a great great fella. And obviously, I've always thought that he was a much better T20 player than he was a one-day cricketer, um, which his record reflects that. But his record in one-day cricket is very good. Dude. Speaking average, of his average 39 with the bat at a strike rate of nearly 90 opening the batting. With the third, no, only three players for Australia have scored more one-day hundreds. No, which Ricky Ponting, mm-hmm. David Warner, and and Mark War, mate, class names, and they're three top-notch names. And it worth noting as well that Ricky Ponting has played two or had played two hundred more games than Finch, and Mark Ward played over a hundred more. Now they both came before T Twenty as well. Yeah, so and but you know, scoring seventeen one day hundreds, that's more than Adam Gilchrist, more than Matthew Hayden, Damian Martin, all those kind of guys that were like absolute powerhouses through the two thousands and twenty tens. Just off topic, you've got to follow Damian Martin on Twitter. I don't have Twitter. Neither I think I've got to jump on though. So Twitter's a wild Guys, place. hit us up if you reckon armchair critics would be worth getting a getting a Twitter account. I reckon we'd be good value. Yeah. I agree we would be too. So, Damien Martin calls out NRL games on Twitter and NRL referees on Twitter and Luttrell. Nice. Is he a Sydney? Who would he follow? Who's he following the NRL? Who knows? No one? He's from WA. You know where he was born though? Nah. Northern Territory. That's even Roger. Yeah. Born in Northern Territory but played all his cricket in WA. Yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, oh, I don't know. I I think it is a shame for Finch that he's going to be remembered for the wrong reasons by a lot of people. But I tip my hat to him because he's been a, uh, a you know, one of the one of the best to do it for Australia in the short form. Mm. When you look at his numbers, stack up both white ball careers that he's had in the fifty and the twenty over stuff. There's there's very very few guys that match it playing for Australia. So he's been very, very good. Who's your next one-day captain? You go. I have an answer, but I don't like my answer. Glenn Maxwell. That was my answer too. Yeah. I don't love it, but I think it's the right one. I also don't love it because he's 33. I feel like he's an interim captain like Payne was. But I feel like there's a difference between... Oh, it's so hard. Like he's, I know. Like yes, he's thirty three. I feel like but I still reckon he's got four years left in him. I feel like his temperament when he captains like Vic and the Stars is quality. Yeah. So, so I, I wouldn't I, hate it. I want to see it. 
Yeah. If someone if someone messages saying Alex Carey, I will smack them. Yeah, I and Carey Carey was good in this series. Don't get me wrong. He's not our best keeper. He rescued us. Yeah, best keeper's not playing. Didn't play in the last game either. Played we'll, for Australia, and we'll get to that point. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know that you can hand someone the captaincy when, like, there's there's questions about whether he should be in the side or not. In both formats that he plays in, you know who I'd love. I think the one day stuff. I think he is our best option in one day cricket. Same here, but my Smokey that I'd love. We've spoken about him already so far. Huh? Mitch Marsh, baby. What? Oh, I thought you meant a wicket keeper. I was like, what the no, fuck no, no, do you no, mean? No, 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 captain. Yeah, I don't hate that. Gets Captain's injured too away. much. Does get, get injured too much. Does not play enough cricket, which I think rules him out. Um, uh, the other one would be David Warner. Nope. But again, he's getting on. He's and I don't And I don't well. reckon he's far away from retiring from some form of cricket for Australia. Wouldn't be surprised if it's one day has to come first mm. for him to retire from. So Makes the most sense. I reckon. I dead, dead set reckon. I reckon it'll be Kerry for me. Um, because when Finch missed that series in the West Indies, Kerry captained. And was shit. I would much rather it be Maxwell. Same here. Yeah, I think tactically he is better, and I think tact and I think he handles the pressure of being captain better than Kerry does. But I'd anyway, that will only time will tell. I'd argue Maxwell's a better keeper. Shut up. The other thing, Josh Inglis, batted at the top of the order, looked all at sea. That dismissal was gross off bolt. His whole 16-ball stay was gross. So, I don't know. I know they see him as all the future and stuff, but I I don't know. I don't know if he's the guy. You know who is the guy? Stoinis? No. Jimmy Pearson? Jimmy Pearson, baby. Yeah, nah. So, anyway, we'll, um, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Um, now couple of other quick points on the cricket. South Africa-England series going on at the moment. Before we change the series, Trent Bolt was fucking amazing. The yep. whole series. Proper good. His last seven... No, his last 14 ODIs against Australia, he's taken 39 wickets. <laughs> That's nearly, nearly three, three a game. game. That Fuck. is outrageous. And... Now, give me two seconds of stalling while I look up his figures from yesterday. But he seriously had... He, he had, had like three for 27 he had, he had one for 10 off eight overs. Like, that's actually outrageous in one-day cricket. Two for 25 off 10 he finished with yesterday. That's so fucked up. That's like... He bowled, four, he bowled four maidens. All of their other bowlers went for 5.7, 5.6, 5.2, and 8.1. And, and he went day. And he went to 2.5. Ridiculous. The best of any bowler. In the, he was the best bowler in the series. By far. Not even close. And that's with Abbott doing what he was doing and Hazelwood being Hazelwood. Yeah. So he was unbelievable. He's just so crafty, rolling his fingers across the ball and Dude, like swinging them both ways and stuff. Why doesn't Pat Cummins captain the ODIs? Uh, well, he's resting at the moment. But, but Why can't he do both? I reckon the same type of thing. I reckon you'll see his load managed a lot more now that he's the test captain. You'll see him miss more of these Who Cares Cup ODI games. Okay. Which is why I really think... Because you, you can only really prioritize one format yeah, yeah. So for a player. Man. I reckon Maxwell's your guy. He's not going to play Test Cricket anymore. No way. That's it. He's a gun, short format. Let's not talk about Maxwell anymore. Anyway. South Africa v England. Wow. First two days, gone. No, ball, no balls bowled. First day of washout. Second day... 
called off due to the passing of the Queen. Is it deferred or was no. it called off? So it's a three-day test, That's effectively. gross. And there's going to be a result. So, um, Which is also pretty sick. Yeah. So Marco Janssen, top scored with the bat for South Africa in the first innings. Future king. Then took five for oh. in their first bowling innings. I found out yesterday that he was dropped for the second test. That's retarded. I'd assumed he was injured because he is their best player. So and it's they, actually not close. Who did he get dropped for? Uh, the Simon Harmer, so that they could play a second spinner. Yeah. So, which he is retarded look. because Marco Janssen's near got 46. He just about top scored in their first game too and would have taken four or five wickets for the test and they dropped him. And now, that like, South Africa deserve to lose this series. They're going to and they deserve to because that is the dumbest selection I have ever seen since taking Marcus Harris to England. When would you ever pick two spinners in England? Why would you drop a six foot eight unicorn? The guy can actually do it all. He's yep. a genuine gun. He he's averages. Their, he's their Cam Green. Li- exactly. He's twenty two years old. This kid is Same a gun. Heart. He is a gun, mate. Like, I, oh man, I can't speak highly enough of him. He looks like taking a wicket every ball that he bowls. And he bats like a batsman. Imagine how yuck he'd be to face. Oh, <laughs> mate. It's like Mornay Morkel, but bowling from a yuck angle. And left. Oh, mate. And he's a gun. He averages 17 and a half with the ball in test cricket after his first seven tests. My man. Oh, mate. Machine. Um, now, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Alex Hales, who has been recalled to the England T20 squad for the World Cup mm. after Johnny Bairstow broke his leg playing golf. How do you do that? Don't know. They said it was you... a freak accident and he slipped. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, whether there was a golf cart involved, yeah, I don't I know. Um, but uh, do you like Hales back in the England squad? Yes. I love it. I reckon he... I was surprised he wasn't picked initially. I don't know. And no one really knows what he did to get exiled. <laughs> Unless you know. No, I don't know. Yeah, okay. But... I feel like it's got something to do with Stokes hitting people. Probably. But I just think he's been pretty harshly treated. He's a leading run scorer in T20 cricket in 2022. He scored 1,300 runs in T20 cricket this year. It's only September. Average. He's averaging like 70 or something. Like, he's just absolutely braining it. Um, so, that includes, that's the Vitality Blast, the 100, the... Um, uh, PCL yeah the PSL sorry um, so and yeah no I like it so it's the first time he's been in the squad since the 2019 World Cup ridiculous so it's been over three years out of the squad um, and oh. I, I don't think anyone has had to work that hard to get themselves into a white ball squad maybe ever um, so is he gonna, do you reckon he'll play who's their opener going to be I'm saying yes he plays even though he wasn't in their top 15 I think now you have him, you're playing him. I, yeah, now that they, they've nearly... It's nearly forced their hand into picking him. I still don't reckon they wanted to pick him. But now that he's in the squad, you nearly have to play him. Who do they open with? I, well, well... Livingston? I, yeah. Jason Roy? Stokes? Dude, Stokes with the, in the power play. Stokes and Butler to open? That'd be hot. Yeah, so or you know they pushed David Milan up to open. 
with Butler. Dude, Hales is better than Keep the left, right. But I'd just Alex Hales is dynamite, mate. He can hit bombs anywhere and everywhere off everything. Really, if he's not batting top three, you're not picking him. No, no, no. So he's not a middle order player. He's a top order player. Hits the new ball as far as you can see. So I think it's great. Uh, I genuinely, like you listen to him get interviewed all the time and he actually sounds like a good guy. I know, I, I really think he sounds like a good fella. Yeah, not sure. I don't listen to him. I've never heard him speak. Nah, he just, he, he seems really sincere about everything he does. He doesn't seem like a cocky guy, despite the fact that he kind of looks like one. Mm. But he just, uh, I don't know, he just looks like he's really enjoying his cricket and I'm glad to see him back in the England setup because I reckon that's thoroughly well-deserved. What spinners do they pick? Adil Rashid. One, does, of the, one of the most underrated white ball spinners. How does Matt Parkinson go in white ball? No, he bowls too slow. Definitely a red ball. Bit like, yeah, yeah, he's definitely a red ball prospect. So, And they'll have Moeen Ali there as well, who, again, very, Gun. very handy. Um, I reckon England will do very well in the Just tournament. Just on the white ball stuff, I forgot to mention earlier. Finn Allen, the opener from New Zealand. Yeah. Looks good. Yes. He's a new, he's was, a new Guptal. Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised I actually didn't play him because he can open or bat three. And I was surprised they didn't find room for him somewhere because he's not, you know, mostly unknown talent to us slide, here in Australia. Did you slide Kane to four, Latham five? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably slide Conway down the order. And just open him. Yeah, I fear, add, like Allen and Guptill open. Oh, Maybe Williamson three, Conway four, Latham five, Mitchell six, Nisham seven, something mm. like that. So, oh, actually, and Phillips played quite well. So, you know, and that's good for like Alan and Phillips, who are guys who aren't mainstays, getting a crack, proving that they, they're up to the standard, putting a bit of pressure on some guys that have been there for a long time to say, hey, yes, you've got some credits in the bank, but, you know, they're running out and we're coming. So, no, I think it was good. So, great series by the Australians. Um, showed some fair dominance over the number one ranked team in the world. Any more cricket? Mate. No, I'm all good. I'll talk about F1. Yeah, we'll go all sport at the start. We'll smack it out. Yeah, smash it out. So, we, last time we recorded, there's been a fair bit happening in the F1 world, but there was a quote of Max Verstappen saying that he's still a virgin as a 24-year-old, which is blatantly not true because he's still fucking the whole grid this season. <laughs> <laughs> there's been 12 races. He's won nine. Wow. Oh, no. 13 races. He's won nine. Leclerc's won two. Sainz and Perez won each. That's it. Fucking hell. Yeah. Is that unprecedented, that kind of dominance? Hamilton. Seven-time champ. He killed it in the Mercedes, but fuck me dead. Yeah. Um, Latifi has been in the Williams seat for three years, undeservedly. Bought his seat for $30 million a season through Lavasa sponsorship. Yeah. Hasn't scored a... There's a 20-driver championship. Uh, Albon was out this week at the Monza GP with uh, appendicitis. So Nick DeVries came in in, th- in free practice, had 30 minutes in the car, out-qualified... Latifi and scored two points on Naboo. Said Latifi is twenty first in a twenty man championship. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh my god! Surely that's the end of him. Money cannot buy talent. Yeah. Oh, ridiculous. And in like, in the, in the the junior series coming up, Latifi was good, but I assume that was just owning the better equipment. Now everything's like even. It just got slammed. So good. Uh, like a- quick shout out in the American world for IndyCar. Will Power Toowoomba born boy. Did the first guy since 97 to win the IndyCar series, winning only one race. Had nine podiums out of 22 races. Nice. It was a... Niche. A, mm, 
it was a um a five man championship hunt in the race this morning, and he came second. So perfect. Uh, won the championship by fourteen points, which is not a lot. Cool. It was killer. He's one of the crazier men in motorsport as well. Yeah, right. You know how like... Did he used to race over here? He did. Was he in... The Indy cars that came here. Yeah. And so like you'd see him at surface when the surface race was on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then he did a couple of Bathursts every now and then, but... Yeah, okay. That's where I thought I recognised his name from. He's it, fucking crazy. Even this during COVID, they'd do like the, the sim racing. And because it was all live streamed on Twitch, he'd be blowing up at guys calling him fucking cunts and all this shit. I wrote that <laughs> and nice. it's just a sim let him know forever. let him know um, we're going to leave the footy as long as possible because we're going to be on it for a little bit yeah we could, the, we'll put the footy last so golf there's been more live deflections obviously Aussies have gone and all that I think we covered that last episode yep. they did the player of the year today Scotty Scheffler won kind of fair enough won four times was one number one for pretty much the whole year yep killed it was there some kind of blow up Oh, On course one. this week? Yeah, so the BMW Championship, it's with the DP World Tour, which is kind of like the Euro- European Secondary League to PGA. Yeah. And so to be able to qualify for tournaments, you need to go to ranking points tournaments. Yep. And a lot of the live players qualify for that technically still. So they're all taking into the DP. So they've all participated. And the non-deflectors are complaining that their mates that haven't gone to live can't qualify for the tournament because there's live guys. And apparently they've signed them. Because they've signed with Liv, they shouldn't be here. Like, they've chosen the money over the ranking points and all that jazz. Yeah. Which isn't true. It's not... That's not how it is legally yet. So, like, it's a bit of... It's a bit of sooking. Realistically, your mates just need to be better at golf. Yeah. Do you think that play, that jealousy, mate, like, is playing a massive part? I think well, what's happened is these guys have turned down big money thinking a lot more of what would. Yeah. So, now they're feeling like... And it feels like there's a lot of... A lot of pride being hurt. There's a lot a of guys' lot feelings of, being hurt. There's a lot of pettiness going on. Yeah. And like Shane Lowry, before he, before the tournament started, he ended up winning. And he was saying like, yeah, you know what? I've seen a lot of guys true colours. They're not my mates anymore. I'm like, fuck, it can't mean that much to you. Get the bag, brother. Dude, what are you doing? He ended up winning. He ended up winning. So he was talking shit at the start and won the tournament. So you know yeah. what? Swang that big thing. Yeah, fair enough. Let him know. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that all you got for go? Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave golf alone. I want to touch the tennis. Yes. So the US Open's just concluded for the men. Carlos Alcatraz won who? the men's singles. Now, a lot of people will say who. he. I think he's 19. That's cool. Is he, is he the next unicorn? He's just gone to world number one. What? Yeah. So this is, I, I, I've seen his name pop up a couple of times in other majors. I'm not a tennis man, so... Look, I'm not really either, but... He's the youngest world. He's the youngest singles men's major winner since Nadal in two thousand and five. Nice. And I mean, any time that you're beating everyone bar Nadal, you're going quite well. Mm. <laughs> so that was quite good. He, I think, he was the one that beat Kyrgios in that five set in the fourth round. Is Alcatraz? Nah, I don't think it was. No, it wasn't. It was um it's Karen. The Can- yeah, it was the Canadian guy. Yeah. Uh, Canadian? I thought he was Canadian. Russian. Russian. I thought mm. he was Russian. Anyway, yeah. Alcatraz then beat old mate the next round. Because they because Kiggs and that old mate had yeah. that Twitter spat a bit during of COVID. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to look up this Carlos Alcatraz fella as you know very um, researched podcast we are here. Organized. So he beat uh, old mate uh, C Rude, who is the fifth seed, and Alc- Carlos Alcatraz. Oh, Rude is a gun. 
Yeah, so Finnish or from Denmark, maybe? He's from, no, North, Denmark, he's from like the north, northwestern Europe. Mm. He's a gun on um, clay. So Alcatraz is 19. He was born the 5th of the 5th, 2003. Wow. And he has, yeah, just gone world number one. That is unbelievable. That's crazy. Unbelievable, really. Like Medvedev's been winning a lot of tournaments, who was world number one until this tournament, where he got knocked out relatively early, which you just love to see. In fact, did Kyrgios knock him out? What? Yeah, Kyrgios knocked Medvedev out of the US Open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kyrgios is the first player. He has a in, winning record against Medvedev. So he's the first, another niche stat. He's the first, Kyrgios is the first player in 30 or 40 years to beat the world number one at a major twice in one year. Love that. Love that. Are you a Kings man? I have my days. Have you always S- been a Kings man? Oh, again, it just, it, I constantly flop either side of the fence. I've never been so firmly in the Kyrgios stance. Yeah, I... I think I always have been too. Probably. I find him relatable. Yeah, that's fair. You should too, because you also love a spat on court, on the field. I have absolutely no idea what you mean. Oh, I'm very level-headed. Let's get frog. I've not had one blow-up since since I got married. <laughs> Neither. That's not true either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I got for the tennis. I just thought that was cool that a 19-year-old's gone to world number one. You know, there's it's going to be interesting the next yeah. five or ten years in the tennis whether the field opens back up post post Novak Fed Nadal or just another three or whether you get another three or four guys that just dominate the next 10 years I like it's going to be cool to see I like how Kiggs has now taken a more serious approach since Wimbledon yeah like he can he's proven to himself and all these insecurities that he actually can do it like he was so filthy that he got knocked out the quarters. I reckon and it was it is, a different thing when he like he come out the press conferences. Yeah, I I I do reckon I do reckon he will win a major. Hundy. Yeah, I reckon I reckon he'll win. I don't reckon he'll win the Australian Open because I don't know that the crowd does him any favors when he plays at home. I reckon he gets too caught up in everything that's going on in the crowd and doesn't focus on the actual game. <laughs> I reckon... I reckon he has that problem everywhere. I reckon uh, Wimbledon or the US Open, I reckon, are his best chance. I reckon Wimbledon is his best chance. Yeah, which is cool. So, honestly, it is making tennis a more watchable game with all of these young, exciting players coming through. I reckon it's cool. It did get a bit stale. Yeah. Yeah. Not a whole lot of personalities on tour. Like, when you've got the three main guys winning everything... Really didn't give any of the other guys yeah, a chance to get into the limelight. You can't be that guy. If like everyone that. just wanted to hate Andy Murray, and that was about it. Like and you know Andy Roddick. Roddick, Roddick was just a bit of a fun guy. You know, never really took anything too seriously. Just took a big serve. Big late. Uh, Leighton Hewitt was just you know Aussie battler. Who was just kind of loved by everyone. I, but I couldn't understand like, it. I I don't know. It didn't. You know, Joe Wilfried Songer, Stan Wawrinka. Like, Songa was fun to watch, actually. Yeah. Um, Gail Monfils. Monfils. But it's all these guys that are just fun to watch. They're not fun guys. Like, they're just not real personalities. They're not, they're Whereas not... now, when you're getting a few, like, spats and you're getting some petty stuff and, you know, mate, a bit more than tennis, mate, like, there's a bit of narrative. And often, in these individual sports, it's the narrative that actually makes it interesting. No one watches the UFC for the fighting. Wrong. People watch the UFC because of all the petty crap that happens before... 
And that's what creates the hype. There's nothing I love more in sport than pettiness. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. So no one tunes into the UFC just on a whim going, I just want to watch people beat the crap out of one another and not know who they are. I don't the agree whole, with you on that no, either. The whole, the whole pe- reason people want to watch it is the storyline and the narrative behind it. Because you'll jump on board with someone and go, I want to see this guy cave old mate Scully. There's a sick card as well on the weekend just gone as well. The whole Kamayev Diaz and then Kamayev being seven pounds overweight so they had to change the card on a whim which is probably always planned. So everyone got the fight they wanted with Diaz. Yeah. Diaz and Ferguson and Kamayev just beating the fuck out of that yank who was supposed to be the Kamayev um, stopper. His flight was that short. It was, a one, it was on one TikTok clip. There's only one part. Huh? Like, yeah. It was really? Like, it was like a, two minutes tops. Jesus. Just sub, sub, uh, put him in a submission pretty much the whole first two minutes. Nice. Kamayev came in as a submission dog and just beat the fuck out of people. And everyone's like, what do you mean? So it's kind of nice to see him, you know, not, not KO someone immediately. Yeah. Because <laughs> I watched him fight once. There's a, a day, I don't know what we had on here. Dickie was oh, but Dickie, um, we had a, what uh, was that? I feel like it was someone Anakin's birthday. Birthday, yeah, yeah. And we Dickie, had it on, and there were a few fights going card. outside, and we watched him. And his the fight wasn't very long that day. He either. pieced him up. Yeah, um, sorry. Um, D- Nick Diaz. That was definitely his the last UFC fight. And in the press conference after, he was smoking a doobie. Perfect. <laughs> in the press conference, and like mishearing questions and having to get people to ask him again. Can you write that down for me, please? <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't be able to say it that coherently anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I reckon he got CTE the second time he was punched. <laughs> and he doesn't get knocked out, so they just keep punching him. <laughs> uh, all right, so we move into the footy. AFL or NRL? We'll go... Let's go AFL. AFL first. Me and Sticks went to the Lions-Tiggies game up at the Gabba. Yep. Fucking unbelievable game. Now... It must I'm be nice. Speaking I'm, from both codes, there's been a cracking first couple of weeks of finals. Dude, not a bad game. Not once. Oh... It's been unreal. Seriously. Every, every game's been so that was like the edgy first, seat. That was the opening to all football finals, pretty much. Yeah. No, it was. We're it was up, a Thursday night game, wasn't it? Yeah. We are up there. Oh, what a game. Seriously. I, the the outrage about the score of you being quick, it was clearly a behind, like, over the post, going away. Tom Lynch reacted like it was behind. Everyone knew it, except Tigers fans still want to admit it. Yeah, Dimmo wasn't happy with it. Shock. Yeah. But seriously, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Packed out Gabba. Yeah. The, the pubs beforehand were firing. Me yeah. and Ryan had a few drinks afterwards, missed our train, so we had to get an Uber back from the Gabba to Helensvale. $280 later. So, and then uh, the Western Bulldogs, after being up 40 points halfway through the second Frio quarter, ran them watched down. Frio mow them down in the second half. I tipped the Bulldogs too. I was the I, only one in the comp that tipped him. I looked like a genius for the first half. And I like tipped Freo. For the second half. I tipped Freo, but I tipped Bont first goal. So I got some cash. Handy. Uh, and then uh, Geelong beat the Pies in a nail bonnet. It was only a one goal finish too. Cracker game. Yep. So, and then Sydney beat the Ds. Who went out in a yes. straight set? Got bounced out. I, I love you. that. I love that. Yeah. These fans come out of the closet so quickly last year and they can go fuck off back into it. Can't they? Yeah. So, um, yeah, good to see the, the Lions breaking, what, like an eight-year hoodoo or something? The MCG? I think it was. Yeah. So. Unreal. So they play the Cats down there this week. And the Swans? Swans and Pies. Swans, Pies. And that's for... They're, they're both playing... It's, this is a quarterfinal now. 
So cats went straight through and so did... I can't think of the fucking team name. No, 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 this is a semi. I'm lying. Yeah, so yeah, the cats... I'm tripping. The cats played the Lions. Yeah, yeah, cats played the Lions after a week And the off. Swans played the Pies. So what, yeah, my apologies. Fucking hell. The, That's so mad. Swans games at Sydney, home final... And Melbourne's having an outrage about the flights being $1,000 to get from Melbourne to Sydney. Yeah. As if no one ever pays that to get from any other part of Australia to Melbourne for the finals. Yeah, exactly. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taste of one's own medicine. Yeah. So, but no, that's awesome. Uh, any any extra or additional thoughts on who's going to win the Brownlow? I know the finals don't come into it votes-wise, nah, but gonna, you got any really, feelings? I have no feelings at all. I have no clue. To be honest, I think Swans win this week. I think it's... I think, oh. So you reckon the Swans beat the Pies? Yeah. I think it's going to be Swans-Cats, which is not that hot take. It's probably They're probably the two favourites, but fuck, they're going to be some good games. I think, sorry, Ryan, the Lions are going to get pumped by the Cats. If, if Sydney win the flag this year, does Buddy retire? Nah, he'll get that big dog money up in Queensland, I reckon. I reckon he's coming home. His wife went to St. Stephen's. With one of my friends from work. He's from WA though. Yeah, but they're coming home for her. Yeah. I don't know. I Would it be... Like, put yourself in his shoes. They're never going to be pressed for money, ever. Right? How tempting would it be if you win a flag this that, year and go, oh, that's done. I've won two flags in my career. I've kicked over a thousand goals. That's still the coolest sporting I've won, moment this I've year. I've won two flags at two separate clubs. That'd be pretty sick. Mm. I'd be real tempted. Rather than play a year, you know, one year older, one extra year on the legs. You know, you're busted. You play three quarters of the year. You're playing for the Suns. and You yeah, cash $800,000. Oh, no. Yeah, but that's fucking chump change for these people. He'd earn that off the, court, off the field without playing anyway. But he can get both. Yeah. But you don't have to play. What are you taking? Eight hundred or eight hundred off the field, or one point two to play? One point two to play. Oh, fuck. That. It's not even about the money. I'd rather stay. I'd rather stay at home. Yeah, but you're lazy. <laughs> no, not lazy. Don't. Easily pleased. <laughs> <laughs> um, all no, right, you got I, anything else for the AFL? Yeah, I fucking hope Jared Berry gets off. That's yeah. We're talking to Ryan before. It sounds like they've got a case. 100% got a case. Clayton Oliver had nearly his whole weight going into Jared Berry's throat. I understand you can see in the slow-mo, his finger enter the eye. But yeah, if you but slow nothing, it, nothing if looks you, good in slow motion. If you slow it down that much and make an adjudication of that, you need to you know, take a look in the mirror a bit. Yeah. Watch it at full speed. Clayton's really digging into his throat. And that was that matchup. That, 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 that matchup was the turning point, really, wasn't it? Second half, Berry had, had 20, 21 disposals to Clayton Oliver's nine. 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 Like, just completely dominated a bloke who is one of the two guys that could win the brown line. Yeah, so Clayton... And then, so Barry had more clearances, more touches, more contested disposals in the second half. And just completely shut down Oliver, one lines the game. So Clayton Oliver's just been, you know, frustrated, as I can imagine it would be. Yeah. Is he really going to give Barry a game for that? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it'd be a shame I think to see a guy rubbed out I think it'd that. be like Cripps. He'll cop a game ban... Lions will get on their cash, they'll get on their lawyers, and it'll just be a fine. Yeah. Uh, NRL? Heaps to talk about. There's a bit. Storm, knocked out, first round. Join the Broncos. First week of finals for the first time since 2014. 
Roosters and Storm for the first time out of finals before the third week in 21 years. Significant. That's fucked up. <laughs> On that, how did you watch the Sydney South game? Seven sin bins. Holy. Now, I know the game wasn't particularly well officiated. Dude, but he, what a game. Before we talk about the game, Klein can never ref another big game again. He lost control of every origin and that game just then. Yeah. That's four out of five games this year that are big games, like origin and finals, and he's fucked them all except for one. Yeah. So, I don't know, but it was a pretty hectic game to watch. Cracking game. So, but like two blokes and a topic that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. I wish Joey Manu. Tedesco rubbed out in the 18th minute with a HIA for a high shot from Burgess. Yes, he was sin-binned. Who was their 18th man? Roosters. Uh, Have a look. Well, surely Kevin Nagama wasn't named on their bench. He may have been. I reckon he might have been. Because they they usually carried two um, two backs. But it was absolutely... Like, it just... An outsider looking in, you can tell that's not fair. Like... Souths get put down to 12 men for 10 minutes. What? The Roosters lose the best player in football Dude, for 60 minutes. Nagama was on the bench. Adam Kieran was their 18th man, and they didn't activate him when they could have. Surely. Foul play, foul play high headshot, failed HIA. That activates the 18th man, all three injuries. Does it? Mm. That was the rule last year. What, why would they change it when they're all trying to reflect player protection? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like it, it just it didn't seem... I get your the, point. It, yeah, it didn't seem the right outcome that South's ninth best player KO'd the best player in football because that hamstrung the Roosters from there. They were never going to win after that. Mm. I know Sueli'i is a good player, but he is not Tedesco playing in the middle. Oh, no, no. Chance. And that will shut a lot of people up about the whole Tedesco's got to move to make way for Suli. Shut up. Suli is a good player. Suli is not the one moving that if Tedesco moves. It's Manu. But, yeah. And Suli could play in the centres. And he like it could be eventually a he's, roaming centre or something. He's but, too much value on the wing, though, with his meter reading and kick returns and he's finishing. Yeah. Like, they can stick an Adam Kieran or fucking Drew Hutchinson at centre. Suli is still that guy. Yeah. Or Connor Watson if they really needed to. Yeah. So, but he's been quite good at 14 this year, I think. But Tony anyway, Mill getting the double sin bin in yeah, the same game. Yeah, as did Victor Radley. Love that shit. Yeah. So, but Victor, like Victor Radley just getting sin bin for dumb stuff. Like the he, second one of them, he got sin bin for being involved and didn't actually do anything. Well yeah, he ran in. Sinbin. He ran. That was the second one. He that's ran rid- in and got sin bin. That is ridiculous. That is. But, that's what I mean about Klein losing control. But his first one was ridiculous too. He was wrestling with a dude on the floor. And just decided that he was going to try and get up and then just got his forearm and elbow and put it straight in old mate's face and rubbed it in the turf. Just don't be a fuckhead. There's no. a way, there is a way to be an enforcer and let the team know you're there without compromising your team's ability to actually win games of football. And Sydney are not going to win games of football when he's playing fucking 50 minutes because he spends 20 of them in the naughty chair. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, it's, it's, seriously, he it's got a bit fucking dumb. rocks in his head. He's such a good player. You know who was elite for the Rabbitohs, and the stats won't say it. Trell, Fat Trell had some good stats. Campbell Graham. Yes, he, was he had ten out of ten. He had some awesome runs coming out of defence, 
put in and attacking. He whacked some of the forwards. Yeah, and he does not care who you are. He will put you on your backside. He whacked Matt Lodge off the kickoff. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Speaking of, how good's Matt Lodge been? Yeah. The last like eight to ten weeks since he signed with the Roosters, he's been amazing. They Australia needed to put it. He should be in Australia's World Cup squad. Whoa. Yeah. He's been that good. You reckon he's better than Regan Kimball Gillard? Yes. Yeah. I reckon for the brand of football that Australia will want to play, and they'll need to go toe-to-toe with some of these big boppers that some of the Islander nations have got. Yeah. They're going to need a bit of aggression that I reckon Lodge brings that RCG doesn't. It's not a bad shout. I haven't really heard anyone say that. Keep it original. I don't, I don't like it though. Campbell Gillard's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Campbell Gillard's just the first one that popped in my head. I don't yeah. See. But I, like you think of some of the props that we're going to lose. So like Junior Junior Paolo's not playing for Australia. Bolo. Bolo, whatever. He's not playing for Australia. So there's one I think of the origin good. props that we lose. I think we should get rid of them all. Let them go play for their countries. Make it the best World Cup happening. Yeah, I agree. So, I just so Payne Haas is one. Whether they play Tino at prop or not, I don't know. But yes, like, so like, who are you ta- you taking, Matt Lodge or Josh Papali'i at the moment? Oh yes, fair, probably Lodge. I think Papali'i is playing for the Island Nations anyway. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So Papali'i is one of the Origin props. But right now, if I had to pick one, geez, it's fifty fifty. No, I think it's more sixty forty Lodge way. Yeah, he's playing some good footy. So I reckon I reckon we'll see a couple of bolters. Another one that's been thrown around a bit, Hudson Young. Yes, get him in. I think he needs to be in the squad. It. He's their leading try scorer. By a mile. He's the only one in double figures. 14. He's got 14. The next highest is Sebastian Chris. I nine. think with nine. He's plays second row. Yeah. Come on, man. It's, it's like Jeremiah Nana. It is like Jeremiah Nana or um, like Fafita from last year. Just mm. guys in the second row you just can't stop from getting over the line. Actually, from that Roosters game, Nat Butcher keeps scoring tries. Yes, he does. He is... He'd have to be top two or three for them this year. That's and they've got some proper tries. I reckon he would only have... Maybe one or two fewer tries than Sueli and Tupo. Mm. Yep. Just ridiculous. He scored four in one game, in fairness. Still, but still, it's yeah. the same kind of thing. And maybe this is the, maybe this is something that's going to be the thing going forward. Just attacking with kicks from your halves, one player further in field. Well, we do it to Madison and Lane. Yep. Oh, and Isaiah Papali'i last year. Yeah. Same kind of thing. But, you know, maybe it's just the way forward. People got to learn. Like, maybe it's e- well. Obviously, it's going to be easier kicking in behind the tired forwards and edge back rowers than it is trying to kick behind the centers and the wingers that don't really do much. <laughs> maybe it's the way forward. Find some athletic, but edge back rowers, and you got fifteen meat pies waiting for you. I think Ruben Cotto has got to be our lock. Speaking of meat pies, Alex Johnston scored two more last night. See the record he broke. So he's gone into fifth all time. There's another record. I'll get it up. Talk more about that. Give me a minute to deal. So he overtook uh, ET, I think, on the weekend to go into all uh, into outright fifth with only Billy Slater, Steve Menzies, and Ken Irvine in front of him. So, which is ridiculous because all of those guys are genuine legends of the game, and Alex Johnson's never played rep football. Alex Johnson becomes the first ever player to score 30 tries in back-to-back seasons. 
and I reckon he scored twenty eight the year before that. It's fucking. Mental. He'll have not. He'll have ninety tries in three years. Um, you know who's going to play prop for Australia? Oh no, he's not. Is he Australian? Tarpany? No, he's Kiwi. Kiwi. Oh, yuck. Yeah, scary. He's that good. You actually can't tackle him. I didn't realize he was Kiwi. Yeah, you actually can't tackle him. He just offloads. Doesn't matter. Fucked up. Um, actually, and you know what? Who who did Canberra play this week? Parramatta, baby. I'd be worried if I was Parramatta. I am worried because I don't know if Moses passes his HIA. He got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, he got hit into next week, but. Canberra are playing seriously good and they do not care who they're playing. We're playing at Bank West though. Yep. We are class at home. Yep. But you just... We like need the, the The Canberra back line, it lacks a bit of punch and I think that is what will let them down. But the White and Fogarty halved combo has been elite mm. and their front row is as good as there is in the competition. Our, our forward pack and their forward pack, both firing, would be fucking sick to watch. Like... Um, they'll have uh, Papali'i and Tarpany in the front row going against RCG and, and Junior Paulo. It, it is going. That is just an unbelievable matchup. Hudson, Hudson and then Young you've got Papali'i, Hudson Young, Isaiah uh, Isaiah Whitehead, Elliot Whitehead, yeah. Isaiah Whitehead, Sean Lane, yeah, Madison and, and Madison and uh, Isaiah Papali'i. Just see what Adam um, Elliot? No, he's out. Did you see his injury? Fractured pelvic pelvic bone, bone? So pubic he, bone, pubic bone. He felt it pop. Yeah, oh, I, that can't be good. No way. But he's been massive for them this year too. Hardware and I reckon will be good. Yep. I think Whitehead should good. play 13 now. What's that? I reckon they'll move Whitehead to 13. I agree. And then just play either Hardware and Ira or one of their other back rowers. Cause they've got Corey so Horsburgh many. maybe? Yeah, well, I wouldn't put him on the edge. He's a dumb fucking front truck, truck nutter. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to be a hell of a matchup. So, the other game's the, good too. The other game will be what? Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs Sharks. Sharks. Dude. I'd be worried if I was the Sharks. Both those teams have been bashed the fuck out of each other. Sharks played 95 minutes. Rabbitohs played in the UFC. Yeah. Seriously, we could see two teams in the top four go straight sets. Double bounced. Which you wouldn't see that often. Nah. Actually, last time Power was in the top four in 2017, we got double bounced quite convincingly. Yeah. But that was a hell of a game, that Sharks-Cowboys game. Wow. Dude, how does Vald Holmes miss kick 45-minute drop kicks? He didn't strike it that sweet. It was that one un- he hit at Suncorp last but year? But it never looked like missing. Nah. Not at any point did you go, oh, that's missing. It just looked like it was going through the middle of the post the whole way. It was unbelievable. And that, that game in general, just the Sharks had it tied up. Then they had that sin bin. Yeah, was that Will Kennedy? Connor Tracy, Tracy. Sinbind. Then, as a result of that penalty, which I thought should have, you could have nearly awarded a penalty try. If it wasn't a finals game, it would have been a penalty try, I reckon. Mm. They kick a penalty goal to go six down. Then the Cowboys... Palmalolo. Then the Cowboys scored... 79th with, minute. With 40 seconds to go. It was unreal. And then, like, both teams had shots in, in Golden Point. Oh, no, extra time. And then that two-point field goal in Golden Point was just elite. It was a it was a fucking hectic game, man. Mm. Both teams played really good footy. Me and Fridge were having an argument today about a Sharks player. Fridge thinks that Will Kennedy is the worst fullback in the comp. Wrong. I said the same. Do you want me to read out some of the stats Fridge sent to back his argument up? Sure. I reckon there would be... There's at least... 
There'd be at least eight fullbacks worse than him. So in the comp. Yeah. So my instant fullback answer was Cody Ramsey and Dane Laurie. Yep. Tessie New. Yep. He's not. He's not really that fullback. Well, he's well. No, that's true. Um, uh, Xavier Savage. Yeah. So. Clint Gutherson. I said he's just he's, no. <laughs> um, if he plays like last week. Jaden Campbell. Mm, I'd pick Campbell over Kennedy. Oh, it's touch and go. Yeah. So I said Kennedy's statistically so good, and he's had a shit year this year. But the year before, he was like top two in try assists for fullbacks, only behind Tom Draboyevich in that Tom Draboyevich season. Yeah. So this year he's played eighteen games, seven tries, six try assists, with a sixty-seven percent tackle efficiency, which isn't fantastic. No. But you need to. But I feel like your tackle efficiency as a fullback is never going to be that high. No, it's just it's still one of the worst this year. Like it's the same. That's on par with Matt Dufty. Ooh. Yeah. Who's the fullback for Canterbury? Canterbury? Jack Avarillo. Oh, well, there's another there's one. There's another one. Add that to the list. Nick Meany? Nick Meany. Add that to the list. Like. There'd be there'd be at least 10 in the comp that are worse. The Dragons have tried like 54 different blokes at fullback this year, haven't they? I doubt any of them have been better than Will Kennedy. No. Ramsey's been solid, but like, fuck. Low bar. Yeah. So... No, I think that's harsh. I do see where he's coming from, though, because he is probably the worst player in their back five when fully fit. I would disagree still. Yeah? Mm. Would you say Ramian? I would say Ramian. I don't but like Ramian's him. I don't a, like him as a player. In saying that, Ramian had a gun season this year. But Mulatalo and Katoa are both just try scorers Freaks. for fun. Um, and Talakai and Talakai has been just about fine of the year. I love Mulatalo. Yeah. I wish he was playing for Queensland so bad. Yeah. And it just, again, same kind of thing. Just seems like an all-round good dude. His swagger is elite. And he signed for the Sharks for less and came out and said, the memories are more important to me than the money. Perfect. That's elite. That's big brain. Especially from that young. That's big brain. So, um, I do... I think the Sharks... We'll get up this week. I think Sharks para. Again, I've taken all the favourites so far, but I just think that's how it's going to end up. Yeah. It's not that hot of a take, but it's No, nah, which would then see the Sharks play the Panthers yeah, in the semi, the, and, and, and you guys Cowboys. play the Cowboys. And I think you guys match up a ride against the Cowboys. Be a good game. I think, they, I think they whooped us last time we played. Yeah. I'm going Cowboys-Panthers final. I'm going para-Penrith. Of course you are. Serious? Of course you are. Okay. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> oh, fuck, Broncos come ninth. That's so... That hasn't happened in so long. Uh, are we not the first team ever to be in the top four after 19 rounds and not make the four... And not make the eight? You are. And it's, you're one of four teams all time to be eight going into the last round and bouncing out. Perfect. Congratulations. Quite good. I still think they exceeded expectations. I had them finishing 10th. Yeah. So, def- by definition, they exceeded my expectations. Yeah. But I, I also think it's kind of beyond where they finished on the table more to how they played. They've proven they, they can be the top four team. Yeah. So, and I, I think there's plenty you of positives. take out take the out bullshit fullback situation they had and you add Reese Walsh for consistency. Yeah. I think it's looking pretty good. Yeah. You offload Fat Clay Thompson to the Dolphins. 
Yeah. That for those who have not hung around us. Branko that Lee. That is Branko Lee. <laughs> oh, get him out of there. Um, so and it looks like Corey Oates is going to re-sign if he hasn't already. So He had a great season. He had a great season. Ori Coates. Ori Coates. What a player. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I've got nothing else for sport. You got anything else? Nah. You got anything for overrated, underrated this week or red flag? I did think of red flags today. I've seen a couple at, at um in Brisbane. Can't remember what they were though. I didn't write them down. I had heaps. Did you from see when I was in Tassie? I was say, Looking see- around, I just saw there was just red flags everywhere. Can't think of it though. Can't think of any. I should have written them down. Would have been such a good Same. idea. I seen a fair few in Noosa, dude. Noosa, I got a bone to pick with Noosa. I was up there for my brother's wedding on Thursday. Thursday night, not a not a rogue night to go out. Right, nothing was open at eleven forty-five. No Ubers, no taxis, nothing. Oof. No pubs. How'd you get home? You walk home. Walked home. Oh, that's rough as guts. Three kilometers. <laughs> Blind. So it <laughs> took me double the length. Yeah. Uh, so I, I somehow I made thought it. for sure KB's, the, um, the what's it called? Hostel Club, Koala Bar, would be open. Shut the doors at 11.30. So you're taking the piss. And then the boathouse where we were, there was probably 50, 60 adults there, all drinking, decided that like at 11.30, instead of staying open and selling a cash bar, they're just like, nah, we'll shut. And I did the math. I'm like, if everyone buys one drink every hour, it's $1,000. An hour? Yeah. I, I will never I, understand. I don't understand. Stay open. You know what that is? That's Lazy. people... Yeah, but that's people, the non-decision makers working on nights where there should be actual decision makers yeah, there. Yeah, just people working their rostered shift. Yeah. There should be like the, the manager or not the not even just the manager, the but someone who's someone dick. but someone who has like some influence in what's going on and some like cash on the line, some money like the balls in the game. Yeah. Like if, if you owned that pub, you'd be working on the busy nights, wouldn't you? You never close. You never close. If it was and you know what? If it, it's quiet it, at ten o'clock, you go get yourself a beer, go home, get yourself a beer, go home. You'd close but your... when it's pumping and there's fifty cunts in there, they make up for it. Go, boys! I'll pay you double overtime. You're staying. Yep. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. And um, people got no business sense these days. Insane that. Pretty cool wedding. Very different to yours. Yeah. Um, her Sarah's family. She, I shout out to Sarah. If she's listening. I really don't think she would be. <laughs> Half Greek, so we like we did this weird. Was it, was it a big fat Greek wedding? No, nah, it wasn't. Boo. Nah. <laughs> um, very nice people. Also, I'd just like to show you a photo of me. Yeah, that's how I look too. Far out, that's, I was cut. Um, so we did this dance where all the family on both sides. There was a stool and there was a, a bottle of Fred Jellico and a bottle of um, dark sambuca. And shot glasses. Everyone got their own personalized shot glass. Nice. And you had to take turns, and you'd have to put the shot glass on the ground, pour your shot glass up, and then do a dance around the shot glass. Get on all fours, and then take the shot with just your mouth, no hands. And so, like me and me and um, Dougie's mate did a pretty dumb dance together. Did the first two shots easy. I got cocky and went a third time and tipped. I reckon the whole shot glass of dark sambuca down my white shirt. Lovely. All of it. So this is one big blue stripe. And the guy's like, I'm not serving anymore. I'm like, bullshit, you're not. You're, you're open for an hour. Make it happen. Get here now. Uh, all right. Well, I've got nothing for you. 
I've got, got nothing funny to add. Yeah, cool. All right, well, we might just wrap it up there. I'll leave the we'll jokes be, to the funny guys. And we'll be, yeah, and we'll be more prepared for next week. Uh, but we figured we haven't put out a podcast in a couple of weeks. Yeah, apologies for that. We've both had heaps on. Yeah. You, got, you got married. I yeah. went to a couple of weddings. Yeah, no, we're both I've been just, all around yeah, East, kind of, yeah. Eastern Queensland at the moment. Yeah, kind of busy. And then, yeah, I uh, literally was not on the Gold Coast for a bit. We were going to do another podcast with a different guest. However, I also which I do a lot, double booked myself because I was also in Noosa. <laughs> and he is also just as time poor as I am. Yeah. So anyway, uh, guys, if you've got anything for us, you've got anything we think we you think we should add, anything that you want brought up next week, hit us up on uh, on Instagram at armchaircritics or email us armchaircritics at outlook.com. Sean, thanks for joining us again, mate. Flawless as always. No worries. Um, I wouldn't go as far as flawless. I was tempted to take this down to Melbourne with me, but I thought about it. Not interested in carrying it around Melbourne. When are you going to Melbourne? Friday. When do you get back? Monday. I was going to do one with Fridge and Sarah. You just take it. Can't be bothered. What do you mean? Dude, I'm going to take it to work up to Brisbane, then on the plane. Probably out clubbing with me on a Friday night. Are you taking check baggage? I'm not checking anything in. No, fuck that. Just take it with you, you lazy prick. <gasps> That's... That's so rich. <laughs> Pot, kettle, black. black. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us another week and we will catch you next week.